Support for this podcast is provided by Getaway. Getaway offers tiny cabins nestled in nature just two hours from Portland near Mount Adams. Their mindful escapes let you slow down, disconnect from work and technology, and reconnect with yourself and others. Every cabin is dog-friendly and provides everything you need and nothing you don't. Take $20 off your first escape when you book with code EXECUTIVE at www.getaway.house. Hey everyone, you're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruden. On today's episode, I have John Stein, who's a leader for the Open Voice Network. Thanks for being on the podcast, John. Dan, thanks so much. Appreciate it. So there's so many things I want to get into about voice and what your organization does, but maybe we can step back and say, talk about what's kind of the state of voice industry right now? AI voice, um, as far as privacy, commerce, can you just maybe tell me a little bit where we're at with it? Oh gosh, it's such a it's such a growing topic right now, Dan. Several things that I think all the listeners ought to think about. Number one, it's the fastest smart speakers. Let's just talk about you know the, from Amazon or Google, fastest selling consumer electronics device ever in history. Hmm. So it's out there, but voice is going to be, and this is what we all need to be prepared for, it'll be the primary way we interact with the internet and this whole realm of smart environments, like the smart home or your smart car or your smart office or your smart factory. Mm -hmm. So... It's going to be the way we interact with the digital world. You know, we'll talk, and the Internet and all those devices and all those environments will talk back to us. Right. I mean, we're so basically we're in the infancy of it. We right. are in the early days. Yeah. And, in fact, we're kind of in the wild, wild west yeah. early days of where artificial intelligence voice is. Mm-hmm. Major questions about governance and who drives and who controls and issues of privacy, issues right. of use, all kinds of things. It, this is d- being developed right before our eyes. Yeah, so we'll get into that part of it because I know that's what you're working on with your colleagues a lot, the network. But you know, getting back to just the, the speakers for consumer purposes, it's almost like a novelty a little bit for most consumers right now. I mean, I just got my first smart speaker last week, and my son, who's four, is yelling, hey, Google, hey, yelling at it, just whatever. So um, obviously there's more um, smart home you can integrate it with that's coming about. But um, for the for the business side of things, what are some businesses using it for now? There are several businesses that are doing it. Um, and one, we have to think of it, put voice in a context. Let's call it conversational artificial intelligence or conversational AI. So there's a lot of companies ranging from the U.S. Army to retailers to banks to others that are using conversational AI, a chat bot, mm-hmm. just for customer service. Right. Where's my order? When will my order be shipped? When do I report for basic training? On and on and on. Those are automated responses using artificial intelligence, understanding of what consumers, you know, the questions that they ask. And so that's happening already. So the first place is in customer service. Mm. The second place is increasingly in search. And some analysts are pointing out right now that maybe one in eight of all Google searches worldwide in 2019 will be by voice already so one in eight you know so you do the math and that's about 250 billion Mm -hmm. google searches by voice now you know those may be very simple google searches like 
help me find Dan Bruton. Right. You know, or help me go here or show me a name here. But those are searches, and we're getting used to finding information just simply by asking a device mm-hmm. for the information. Mm-hmm. Next is, and then we're going to start moving into more complex search, and then ultimately into such things as taking a look at different products and transactions, things like that. But right now, again, service and search. Right. Um, well, let's get back to your, your uh, well, well, okay, first, so let's look at some of the dark side of it. So what's what are some of the concerns, obviously, with privacy? What are some of the other things that are popping up that consumers and businesses are maybe, you know, yeah, concern challenges with? Well, I think the number one thing that, comes up in every conversation, and it should, you know, and underscore that it should, is the just the general question of privacy. Mm-hmm. Now, a smart speaker, yes, is always listening. That's how it works. It's activated by what's called a wake word, but yes, it's always listening. And there are questions, you know, let's say you have your smart speaker on, and you've just said, hey, Google. Yeah. And now your four-year-old says, hey, order me something. (laughs) Well, you know, that gets into some questions of parental control and consent and things like this. Mm -hmm. What happens if there's a party at your house or something and all of a sudden maybe in another room there's some, and may this never happen, but there's some incident of violence. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a gunshot, you hear punching you hear you know something happens what do you do with that you know Hmm. what do we do because in artificial intelligence you have to train the computer and you have to train the systems to learn and listen Mm -hmm. and in training generally that takes humans to intervene to help the computer systems understand what they're listening to right you know, what about the privacy and all that? So a uh, lots of questions about privacy. Then there's one more that is very interesting, especially to your the enterprises and the, the, the business people that are listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. When you're working with a proprietary AI voice platform, they're listening and they're listening to all your commercial transactions. Let's say a shopper is asking for product A, B, and C. A second shopper asks for that. A third shopper asks for that. There's a trend forming. Well, if you are an independent, not associated with that platform, you know, that's commercial information that's of importance to you. Right. Say as a retailer, you know, oh, there's a trend happening about product A or product B. But now that's being shared or taken or snooped, you know, choose your phrase, by a proprietary platform which may choose to, oh, well, maybe we'll offer product A or product Mm. B. Mm -hmm. So in terms of there's private information, personally identifiable information, and commercial data all out there. Again, it's kind of the wild, wild west right now. It's something that we collectively as an industry in the voice technology and consumer-facing industries, we've got to figure out. And this gets to the Open Voice Network because, like you said, there really isn't any standard body yet or organization. Or let's, let's talk about what is the Open Voice Network, what's the mission, and kind of go from there. Open Voice Network started, and uh, I'm a Portland guy, but was working with some folks at MIT and in Europe, and we were just chatting about what would really help 
voice grow? Mm -hmm. And what do we need for consumer protection, commercial data protection, and just help people find each other in this new voice world? Right. And one of the things that has always been of benefit as industries are young and growing has been bringing a set of standards or standardization to that. You know, standards as simple as what is the width of a railroad track, you know, enables a lot of different people then to make railroad tracks and implement them and for different railroads to use them. You know, it's a great example of standards. So... We have standards for the Internet, the domain name service, multiple standards and technology, all enabling lots of different companies to develop things. And also kind of the rules and the guidelines are established for use. Mm -hmm. What are the right ways to do things? What are not so smart? And when you do standards, you bring lots of different people together. It's a communal effort. Never easy, never quick. But it's a communal effort to determine what's going to be the best for the most. What will be, you know, enrich the community mm-hmm. of voice users. So we started this, and and out of working out of Northeast Portland, we've started this and working worldwide with major focus in North America and in German-speaking nations in Europe. And putting together this initiative, working with MIT, working with standards, excuse me, with Stanford and various other entities and beginning to put together a nonprofit coalition. We look to be affiliated with the Linux Foundation and then to be pursuing a set of to be defined. We have some ideas, but to be defined global standards for artificial intelligence voice. Okay, so how do um, the industry players not naming names, (laughs) we know who they are, Um, how are they viewing this? Have you had much interaction with them? We've had a lot of interaction, Dan, and it's it's a great question. You know, the take two different groups. There are three different groups. There are the big players in voice, and they have some predominant market position. We've had conversation. We're very open. The initial response has been, "Eh, we're not so sure. But then there are the other technology companies that will be dependent upon voice and using voice with their applications, with their hardware, refrigerators, Mm you know, various different things who have said, hey, this is a nice idea. And then we've had great response from the user community. Those who are in retail, those who are in financial services, those who are in transportation, we're interested in connecting directly, privately, carefully with our customers, with our shoppers. Gosh, what you're thinking about makes a lot of sense. So, you know, we think we'll have a combination of tech companies and enterprise users of voice coming together, make that, create that community, mm-hmm. and then to pursue standards. In your collaboration with any government so far, or what's that? Uh, it's been it's been interesting. I've had um, had the privilege of conversations in Brussels with the EU. Have had uh, many discussions with advocacy and policy leaders in Washington. The big issues of privacy regulation, of privacy legislation. Um, we look at GDPR in Europe. We look at the new California Consumer Protection Act. All those will have an impact upon how enterprises use voice 
and what would be appropriate in that usage as they interact with consumers. Mm-hmm. So conversations with really policymakers, yeah. and we've been asked, can you help us just learn about voice? And we say, well, we're learning about it too, right. so we'll, we'll do our best as yeah. we're learning to help share with you you know, some of the issues that we see. So what's kind of the roadmap? What's, and again, it's, it's pretty new. Uh, it is the Wild West. And what's next for uh, the, your organization? We're going to be, st- we anticipate standing up the Open Voice Network. It's going to be a directed fund of the Linux Foundation. The Linux Foundation does a lot of this work in quote-unquote open technology. And then the first thing, Dan, is going to be looking at defining what those standards might be. And we have four to five ideas right now. Um, one of them is, you know, in the Internet, you have a domain name system. You know, HTTP, you know, dot, 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 dot com takes you directly, say, to Kroger or Fred Meyer or wherever else. Well, there's really not that in voice. So maybe we need a registry of destinations to, so people can find each other. Yeah. Maybe we need some work on identification and authentication. You know, voice is a biometric identifier. You 99 plus some accuracy with our voices. Mm-hmm. So, but how, but that also raises issues of privacy and data protection and all kinds of things. So what might be the guidelines the standards that we would use for identification and authentication. Mm-hmm. That is, yes, I'm authentic, um, authorized to make this transaction or review data in this bank account. Whatever. So my four-year-old doesn't exactly. order thousand uh, dollars of stuff off Amazon. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're also going to be taking a look at such things as just overall data privacy. We might be taking a look at interoperability, and that's a huge topic and it's a vague term Explain right now that. but yeah. but that is let's say you're an enterprise and all um, all of you listening to this who want to work in voice right now you would need to build Amazon skills you would need to build Google actions you would need to build Samsung Bixby capsules and then you'd need to be building etc 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 because there's going to be lots of different platforms. Yeah. So do you really want to invest all that IT time and development time in all these different things? Would you really want to be building for your e-commerce? Here's your Internet Explorer. Here's your Chrome. Here's your this. No. You want to build it once and use many. So is there an interoperability standard? Hmm or set of standards, set of standards, that would allow a company to build their voice platform, their voice applications once, and it would work across all the different platforms out there? Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. But again, that's a lot of what people in technology are thinking about. How can we make all of this work together? Yeah. If you're on Alexa, great. If you're on Google Home, great. But can't the two talk to one another? To my mind, it's like there's, you know, smells of the business opportunity. And so we'll, we'll get into that. What's the, the ecosystem of companies that are starting right now around that uh, voice and the services they're providing? Again, it's really early days, but do you see a lot of, there's a lot of startups, you know, created to tackle this problem? There's an, ex- there's an exciting um, and rapidly growing uh, developer community. We've started a, uh, an innovator's 
community within the open voice, under the open voice umbrella, and just the different ideas that are coming up. And we're just touching just a handful of this. You know, nearly every week I'm running day sometimes, running into different, I'm creating this, I'm thinking about this, we're building this. Hey, you know, where, how can we connect? Um, So a very exciting developer community that is growing, that it's out there but is also trying to get their hands on where do I invest? Mm. Because if there is market dominance by two, and there currently is right now, are you going to invest in the third or the fourth? Or, you know, how do you, how do we build that? And so the, uh, the innovator community, very interested in, say, interoperability standards, very interested in a number of things that would, again, build it once, use it many, work with a lot. That but, is really exciting. But some really yeah. interesting ideas out there, Dan. I mean, it's some really, like, really? Oh, my God. You're thinking, oh, wow. Now, yeah. you, um, your organization is not part of, like, the investment side of it. No. Is it? Okay. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, but there are, it sounds like, a lot of firms that has that set of, you know, funds maybe set aside for this space. It's interesting to see the VC community responding and, you know, you dip your toe in the water on the VC side right now because the use cases and the use models are not yet solid. For a lot of us, you know, and perhaps this has been your experience with your Google Home device, you know, it starts out as a toy. It's an yeah. entertainment thing. You know, yeah. ask it a, you know, ask it to tell what's you a weather? joke. Yeah. You know, what's the yeah. weather? You know, or watch this or, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're moving beyond, you know, as an industry with the the number of devices that are now out there in U.S. homes, and the latest figures I've seen are roughly around half of all U.S. Internet users wow. will have a smart speaker in the home. Just let that sink in. Half, More than half of all Internet users in the U.S. will have a smart speaker in the home, which means now we're talking hundreds of millions of U.S. citizens having an access to voice, artificial intelligence enabled voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. And we're going to get yeah. beyond the, hey, what's the weather? Or tell me yeah. a joke or, you know, order pizza into some very interesting day to day. Help me plan a meal. Right. Let me check on some of the finances. I want to make sure of what I have in my checking account. Let's order not just this, but let's do some search on a voice and vision connected device of now I'm looking at some deep information. I mean, now we're at the edge of getting into some very value-creating, time-saving, brain-saving implementations of voice. Right. With that comes the other issues we were just talking about. Without question. I mean, that's... uh, you know, from just my family's perspective and where it's at right now and just a novelty and toy, that was our biggest. So we, we, we held out of all our you know peer group to get one. <laughs> and it was finally like, well, Spotify's giving you one free if you have a you know subscription. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll see where br- it goes. Yeah, but it brings, you're absolutely right. If we as an industry do not address and to an appropriate degree resolve issues of privacy, data use, and that may be through standards, it may be through guidelines, it may be through regulation or legislation. Mm -hmm. If those are not addressed, this amazing technology 
will stay at a toy stage mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it won't be trusted and the value just won't be able to grow because there aren't the standards and the guidelines that allow it to grow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. Knock on wood. It's important work. And so let's uh, transition a little bit to talk about Portland. You're here in Portland. Your team is distributed globally, it sounds like, uh, the folks you work with. Um, how has been Portland working on this, uh, I guess, from here, like uh, the, uh, just being a hub? Because, uh, you know, our community has just exploded business-wise opportunities and folks moving here. So can you talk about just Portland in regards to the business? Oh, gosh. Um, I worked at Intel for a number of years in between, about 12 years at Intel. So I'm in the Portland area working out you know, Hawthorne Farms mm-hmm. and, and um, Jones Farm out in there. And then in between there, time with Cisco. So I'm down in San Jose a lot. And then had responsibilities in those two jobs of a lot of international travel. So I didn't know Portland Mm. until I stepped away from Intel beginning of this year and truly began learning this remarkable set of skills, abilities, knowledge, and innovation in the Portland area. I really have to give a shout out to Jennifer Nolfi Mm -hmm. at Portland State University and Tom Gilpatrick and others um, in their retail center. Yeah. Just connections they have, people they know. And I've been meeting people from all over the nation through just by being loosely affiliated and at their invitation um, with Portland State. Mm -hmm. Just a great job. And again, the strength and the breadth of the talent here in this town is is just remarkable yeah i mean i i get to uh, meet a lot of folks like yourself i'm out there a lot and every day i'm just like amazed the talent is moving here the new companies that are here that i didn't know about so it's it's you know an exciting time to 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 be here it's a very exciting time to be in portland and you know you just walk around the pearl or wherever and Mm -hmm. you're knocking you're running into people yeah who are doing just some remarkable, exciting things. Yeah. Even when the out in the burbs where I'm at, there's some cool <laughs> stuff going on. We don't exclude the burbs. Even in the burbs. <laughs> so, well, John, uh, where can folks find, uh, what's the site? Is just openvoicenetwork.org? Yeah, go to, yeah, openvoicenetwork, all one word, dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, John.Stein, S-T-I-N-E, and first name is also a different spelling, J-O-N mm-hmm. dot S-T-I-N-E at openvoicenetwork.org and would love to have a chat. Yeah, and last question I have, do you have any recommendations for good uh, AI voice industry you know, sites or newsletters to keep up on it? I don't know if you do one or, because uh, that's something. I don't do one, but yeah. I would urge anyone in the voice space, there are three or four, but without question, the no, without question, in my humble opinion, there's a fellow by the name of Brett Kinsella, K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A, who offers VoiceBot, one word, dot AI. Okay. And that has become, for a number of us in the industry, the go-to place for an understanding, a mature, detailed, and quantified understanding of the voice space. I can't encourage it enough. Again, okay. VoiceBot.ai, Brett Kinsella's work is just superb. I'll check it out. Well, John, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Dan, thank you so much.